Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. If you two are finished comparing sizes. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hey, I want a scoop, baby. Yes, Doogie is in the house. Brand new episode of the Scoop Podcast is up. Uh, you can also find the Glenn Taylor interview from last Friday if you missed it. Uh, Doogie and Glenn sat down for uh, almost a half hour, and that's where the Jimmy Butler contract news first came out. So nice work. Living up to the name of the podcast, a very good scoop by you late last week, dude. I appreciate that, Phil. Hello, Judd. Hello, Dave. A happy hey, hump day. Yes. I mean, certainly not shocking news. I mean, just logically speaking, one year from now, Jimmy Butler can either re-sign with the Wolves, five years, $190 million, or sign with the Knicks, Nets, about half the league. Lakers. will have really good cap space next summer. He could sign a four-year, $141 million deal. So why would he take four years $110 million right now. So aside from any issues he might have with Cat, with Wiggins, yeah. other things in the organization, just logically speaking, it was always obvious. But yeah, it was nice to have the owner go on the record with it. Right. And we've been talking. I, here's the problem for the Timberwolves now. You know, there, there's so much pressure to advance the ball forward on the court with relationships this year. Because it's not very often you get the writing on the wall a year beforehand that a guy has a bunch of options and is likely to leave you. And there's been some examples. Indiana got the heads up from Paul George, and they wind up with Victor Oladipo, and he blossoms into one of the better players in the NBA. Uh, even going back like six years ago when Carmelo told the, told the Nuggets directly, I'm, I'm not going to resign. I'm going to give you guys a year, year and a half to trade me. And they wind up with Gallinari. They wound up with the draft pick that landed them Jamal Murray. Um, they drafted Dario Saric and traded him for Iguodala. Like, if you know in advance you can get pieces for a guy like Jimmy Butler, I don't expect Tom Thibodeau to explore trade options, but it's going to be interesting to see if they're on the on the brink of like 9 seed, 8 seed and chemistry is kind of waning and it's February, they should trade Jimmy Butler for assets, right? Cuz you there's so many options for him next offseason. Lakers have max contracts. The Nets have two max available. Kyrie Irving and and Jimmy Butler rumors, right? Knicks and Porzingis. So what do you what do you sort of foresee over the next six to eight months based on your intel? Well, and you're right, citing the George example, the Anthony example, clearly Kawhi Leonard and his agent went to the Spurs and said, hey, we have no intention of staying here. And they're kind of telling the Raptors the same thing right now. Too. Yeah, and they are telling Toronto the same yeah. thing right now. Yeah, if people haven't heard, yeah, Kawhi Leonard on his way to Toronto in a trade with DeMar DeRose and other pieces going to San Antonio. Here's the difference. Jimmy Butler, his agent Bernie Lee, Others in Jimmy's circle, his trainer, nobody has gone to the Wolves to even hint that, hey, he might leave. It's great talk radio fodder, 
but it's more conjecture at this point. Now, if I had to bet, yeah, I think there's a distinct possibility that Jimmy wants to team up with Kyrie Irving, that he has his eyes on another franchise one year from now. But until Jimmy tells the Wolves that directly or through his agent or through somebody else, I can't fault the Wolves. That is the difference. Aaron Mintz, the agent for Paul George, went to Kevin Pritchard, the Pacers general manager. He laid it out. I mean, that was great, right? I mean, just lay everything on the table. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's agent. Nobody associated with Jimmy Butler has gone to the Wolves to even drop any sort of hint that he intends on leaving a year from now. What's your sense right now of where things stand uh, between Glenn and Tibbs? I think it's an interesting relationship. I think maybe it's gotten better over the last couple of weeks. I mean, Glenn was in the war room draft night. I mean, clearly Glenn and Tibbs have had some conversations going back the last handful of weeks. But we've talked about it. I mean, Becky Taylor, Glenn's wife, not being real happy, sitting there courtside, you know, in-game. You know, some of the things that Tibbs is shouting. You know, clearly Glenn has heard some of the other stories, whether it's, you know, the Jim Peterson, Scott Layden story, any number of other stories, also stories that absolutely are not true, like the one that that gained some steam with with the computer. I mean, that story just... They didn't throw a computer. Didn't happen. It absolutely yeah. did not happen. It was, it was actually Glenn a, is aware of all it was, these it things. Was a, it was a brick, actually, is what happened. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a computer. But Glenn is absolutely aware of all these things. But, sure. but my sense is it's better now than maybe it was on April 25th, for example. Yeah. Um, we were just talking before you came on, on the air here that the, Kawhi Leonard, people are wondering, and the Lakers might even be wondering, okay, um, I guess we'll wait a year, but... DeMar DeRozan and a protected first-round pick for one of the best basketball players in the world seems a little light. It seems like a few other teams might have been willing to pony up, depending on what what the what the Spurs thought of the Wiggins contract, for instance. I mean, where were their conversations? I don't know if you have intel on that. I would think that the Lakers might have floated one of their young players, but they have a lot of leverage, too, because they could just wait a year, keep Ingram, keep Kuzma, and also still get Kawhi Leonard next summer. I'm wondering if... Andrew Wiggins was floated at all in those Kawhi conversations, or if you could even go to Toronto and say, you know what? I mean, if you guys still kind of like Andrew Wiggins, he's a Toronto guy. Uh, we'll take one year Kawhi, and you can deal with this contract. I'm curious about the behind the scenes fodder here and how and how the Kawhi trade came to be. All right, well, a few tentacles there. There are league people, many league people that foresee one day, maybe it's a year from now, maybe it's six months from now, maybe it's two years from now, but that Andrew Wiggins one day will be a Toronto Raptor. Hmm. So when will that happen? Mark Stein of the New York Times, formerly of ESPN, reported the other day that the Raptors and Wolves had some sort of dialogue going back a year centered around DeRozan and Wiggins. Here's where I'll advance this this layer, this story. I don't think the owner, I don't think Glenn Taylor is willing to approve going back last year when we talked about Kyrie Irving. How my sense was the front office absolutely had interest in bringing in Kyrie Irving would have put Andrew Wiggins on the table if it ever got to that point. I don't sense still, just like last year, that Glenn Taylor is willing to approve. Remember, he's got final say in all this stuff. I just don't have the sense that Glenn Taylor is willing to approve right now in Andrew Wiggins' trade. Eventually, yeah, I can see it eventually. <laughs> it might be or eventually he ends up selling because you can sell and, and make a ridiculous amount of money. But, but I'm just telling you right now, I don't get the sense that Taylor is willing to approve a Wiggins trade. Twins uh, trade potentials with the d- deadline approaching July 31st. Uh, Dozier certainly could be moved and probably will be Escobar, Lynn. What's the la- the latest, especially with the Machado trade, Dukes coming now to the Dodgers 
about how these dominoes are going to start to fall over the next couple of weeks. And I think they will start to fall, right? I mean, that was the yeah. first domino we were waiting on. And then the teams that missed on Machado, you know, namely the Phillies, the Brewers, the Braves. I think the Braves haven't been talked about enough as a team that was trying for Machado. So keep an eye on the Braves. I know the Braves have had multiple scouts at Target Field going back a few weeks. Trying I will to find, still trying bet to find on, third base help or where? Well, I think just off of help in okay. general. I don't have all the Braves numbers in front of me, but sure. but I think they're open-minded to some different possibilities. But I won't sit here and claim to be a Braves expert. I just know the Braves have had multiple scouts at Target Field sure. going back a few weeks. Now, you know, was that scout watching Mike Moustakis, for example, or was he watching Eduardo Escobar, Brian Dozier? Some of those things are, are hard to decipher. I will continue to say that even with, what, the 9-2 and two homestand, I still sense the Twins will sell multiple assets. Now, you can still compete. You can move Zach Duke. Now, that's subjective. Is he even an asset? But you can move Zach Duke. You can move Fernando Rodney. Yeah, he's an you asset. You can move some guys. Lance Lynn. I mean, Irvin Santana should be back by July 24th or so. One more rehab start, then he's back in the Twins rotation. So you can move some of these arms and still compete. To me, the question is... The infielders, not Joe Maurer. I know you guys love the idea of Maurer to New York. Would he waive his no trade with the 10 and 5 rights? I see Joe Maurer here on August 1st. I see him here actually next year as well. But it's it's fun talk radio fodder. To me, it's about Dozier and Escobar. Terry Ryan, heck, I caught up with Terry for 20 minutes last week. I mean, Terry has been at Target Field a number of times. Terry and Andy McPhail are, you know, I mean, they're incredibly tight. And, Terry, so, and Terry, Terry's got the intel on these guys. Terry also, keep, that's an interesting one, because the, the Phillies missed out on Machado. The Phillies could use, J.P. Crawford was supposed to be this shortstop of the future for the Phillies, or play maybe play second base, third base, and he's been a flop and he's been injured, and they've had, they've had some holes in the infield. Terry Ryan is the one that stuck his neck out and identified Eduardo Escobar as the, the piece that he wanted in that Francisco Liriano trade. And so... I think Escobar to the Phillies, now that you brought up the Terry Ryan connection, if he's the one that's doing some scouting here and he's an advisor, that's an interesting twist that I hadn't even thought about. Escobar to the Phillies makes a lot more sense They have a very deep farm system as well. Yes. Plus, if you want to bring back Escobar... It's not out of the realm of possibility. We talked about that. He's not going to get a five-year deal. His family likes it here. If the Twins make a decent offer, a comparable offer to the other offers he has come November and December... I can see Escobar coming back here. So why not get something for him? The Phillies have an incredibly deep farm system. Escobar to the Phillies makes a ton of sense. Yes. Uh, are you hearing anything about Byron Buxton and or Miguel? So Sano goes away, family thing. He had to go back to the Dominican Republic, right, because of family issues. Anything that you're hearing about those two guys as they've been down in the minor leagues trying to figure out their uh, their careers? I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, I talked to general manager Thad Levine for a while, about a week ago or so. He told me on Sano... Don't overreact to the strikeouts that Sano is telling Thad, telling Derek that he's taking more pitches than ever. He's been working a lot on pitch selection. That's the excuse I would come up with, too, if I was striking out against <laughs> single-A pitching. Yeah, slider so ditch every time. He's taking strike one, <laughs> taking strike two, then he swings once, he strikes out. I mean, the average is okay, the home runs are there, but yeah, the strikeouts are still there. But the Twins feel okay about the progress. Maybe more so because he hasn't put on any weight. In fact, Thad told me he's down a few pounds. That's, he didn't tell me an exact guy. number. That's I good. hope he is. But he's down a few pounds. They are literally videotaping every move he makes. Yeah, he left the team for a family reason to head back to where? The Dominican Republic. But but up until a couple of days ago, when they were videotaping everything he was doing in Fort Myers. Man. So so they feel okay 
when he comes back, but he's not. Coming, I don't have an exact. He's not date. coming back here right right away. Correct. He, he's going to go. He'll go he'll from the Dominican to back to Class A, and then to Triple A, and then back here. So, the, but I think he's back before a, the end of the season. Now is that sure? But it could be a September first yeah, for be. both those guys. Absolutely, it could be early August, mid August. It might be. Yeah, it might be early September. I'm Buxton. Thad told me Buxton is finally of the mindset that forget trying to hit for power. That he wants to be a leadoff hitter. He's working on getting on base. You know, he's gone back and forth, leg kick, no leg kick. So he's just, he's trying to get to a certain level where he's locked in doing the same thing yeah. and he's not mind bleeping himself Gosh. because others mind bleep him too. I mean, I told you that, that Tom Bransky, God love Tom and I like Tom a lot. Friend of the show. I mean, Tom worked his, you know what off as the twins hitting coach. He was he was providing Buxton with too much information. It was information yeah. overload. Did you know? So you can mind bleep Byron a lot, and Byron does that to himself a hey, lot Dukes, too. Dukes, did Thad tell you why that that when when Buxton uh, went down uh, for the first part of the rehab assignment to Rochester, why they put the leg kick back in there? Like that really surprised me. I don't me. think they did. I mean, that was him. Okay, so he just decided to he put decided, the leg kick back yes. in because Rousen took the leg kick out, and they went Correct. through big, big, you know, sessions about okay, mm-hmm. it's out now, and you're going to do this. I was really surprised to see that he had gone back to Rochester with things failing as badly as they had been, and put the kick back in. So that was on him, though, more that so than... That was on him, yes. Okay, Absolutely. I was surprised by uh, that. All right, what other scoops do you have for us? Let's, well, let's unload the bag Yeah, here. continuing the Twins theme, Trevor Larnick, their first-round pick. Flew to Elizabethton earlier in the week, expected to be in the lineup. I don't know if they have a day game or night game, but expected to make his pro debut today or tonight. The Twins' fifth-round pick, the pitcher from Florida State, Cole Sands. He pitched so many innings for Florida State that there is no rush. He has signed, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a while before he makes his pro debut. Just different with a pitcher compared to a hitter. On football, Galen Elmore, remember him from Somerset, Wisconsin, yeah. former Gophers defensive lineman, played sure his don't. last year of college eligibility at East Carolina. He signed a three-year deal with the Cincinnati Bengals as an undrafted free agent. The deal was worth $1.7 million total. Wow. He actually retired this week. Here's where I can advance the story. He retired because he found his calling. He is getting into the ministry. All right. So all the best to Galen Elmore. Michael Floyd. Creighton Darham Hall, former Vikings wide receiver. I checked in trying to figure out if he'll land a job here in the coming weeks. I was told that he's spending a little bit too much time on the golf course. Now, I think eventually I mean, some I can't team blame may him. Look bring outside. him in. I look outside right now. I can't I mean, look blame at, him. Yeah, golf. <laughs> golf. I'm, I'm great at I, that sport, so I would too. I'm, so, I'm going to be yeah. leaving here shortly to go golf this afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently he's just been spending too much time on the golf course. So I think eventually some team will take a chance, bring him in for a tryout, maybe even yeah. sign him, add him to the 90-man roster. But do I think Michael Floyd has much of an NFL future? I don't. Back to the Wolves, Trevion Graham, a free agent wing, signed yesterday with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I'm told, because the Wolves had all sorts of interest in him going back about two weeks, his camp circled back to the Wolves and said, hey, we have this offer from the Nets. Would you like to make an offer? And if you do, then we'll think about it. Well, the Wolves, I'm told, actually last second made an offer, but he was already down the path of being a Brooklyn Net. Plus, that camp feels like just with Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler here. Now, hey, you could argue that if a wing comes in, you'll get minutes. But the perception out there among some agents is, (laughs) I can't send my guy there, especially on a one-year deal. Are there any... uh, Now, Graham signed a two-year deal, but the second year is non-guaranteed, so it's essentially a one-year deal. I can't send my guy there with no guarantee of decent playing time. Is their rotation set? Are they still looking to add a minimum contract to the actual... 
not like fill out the bench, but is, do you think their rotation of guys they're going to play is set right now? Well, I mean, they're at 12 contracts. Glenn hinted to me that they'll fill the roster with with minimum-type guys. Yeah. And I think they like Emil Jefferson a lot, so I wouldn't be shocked if Emil Jefferson is one of those guys. I mean, Emil can play some defense. I mean, I could see Emil getting some minutes at some point. Maybe not November 1st. Maybe it's more midseason. But but I think one of the guys, and they're not going to get to 15. Remember, you can get to 15 contracts. Look for them to get to 14. They'll keep some flexibility there. And Glenn hinted that they're looking at more younger type guys, not the Corey Brewers of the world. Because I'll remind you, Corey Brewer would take the veteran minimum to come here today. I would actually make that move. I like Corey. He's not going to help you with shooting. That's the thing. But he can help you in some other areas. But the Wolves haven't extended him an offer. Now, free agent philosophy is fluid. They could change their minds, especially if a guy like Luol Dang becomes available, if of the course. Lakers stretch him, yep. or Joe Kim Noah, if the Knicks stretch him. Of course, right. Him but right too. now, according to Glenn from from the Scoop Podcast, it sounds like they're looking at, at younger type guys. They've reached out on so many guys. I, I have a, a lot of the names. There's probably some names I don't have. I mean, it's like 30, 40 guys. Just so go it's look hard at, to pinpoint who they signed. Just go ever. look at the Bulls roster from like 2011. Yeah. And Ball boys. <laughs> Towel guys. Yeah, Carlos Boozer out of Locker retirement. Room attendance. Yeah. It'll be great. Uh, I'll give you one of the names I like, though. John Jenkins. He's played in the NBA before. He shot the lights out for the Blazers in the Vegas Summer League. He was here a year ago for a free agent workout. So the Wolves have the book on him. Yeah. To me, he's an NBA player. I've always said there are more NBA players than jobs available. John Jenkins is one of those examples. He can shoot, though. But that's another name. I mean, they've they've expressed interest. They haven't extended an offer. So eventually here, the Wolves will add two guys, but they are slow playing this portion of free agency. Right on. That's Doogie, Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. You can find his Scoop podcast anywhere you would generally find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, 1500ESPN.com. We'll see you next week, Doogie. Absolutely. One other note we forgot to get to. Carl Anthony Towns is talking today. Whether he chooses to answer questions about his relationship with Tibbs, Jimmy Butler, he's going to sign that five-year max extension very soon. So maybe he'll say, hey, I'm signing it tomorrow, you know, the next day. But I can just tell you, he is scheduled to meet with a few of us later today. All right. Whether he answers questions remains to be seen. But yes, we have some time with Carl Anthony Towns this afternoon. So uh, Doogie will have stuff on his Twitter account, too, at DWolfson, KSTP. Let's talk for a minute about the best TV on the market, especially if you're a sports fan. TCL TVs, they just go around the internet and read some of the rave reviews from top sites like CNET, uh, which TCL TV won the coveted Editor's Choice Award from PC Magazine and USA Today's Review.com. Here are just some quotes that you can find about TCL TVs. Truly excellent image quality and the best smart TV system on the market. Impressive contrast in color performance paired with a wealth of connected features. TCL has arrived, people are saying. Produces images with more detail, brightness, and color than most TVs that cost hundreds more. So again, go online, read reviews for yourself. There are over 4,000 reviews about TCL TVs with four and a half stars or better from satisfied customers. Uh, We here at 1500 ESPN are satisfied customers. We have a TCL Roku TV in our studio. America's fastest growing TV brand. Any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or you can go to TCL. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. All right, there's one thing I want to latch on to from that Scoop segment here. This is the Scoop postgame show, by the way. Yes. On, excuse me, Mackie and Judd. We'll get to some questions from Dave here shortly. But Doogie is hearing from people, and he brought this up over a year ago, that Toronto 
has interest in Andrew Wiggins. And, uh, you know, Wiggins is from Toronto, and there's a kind of a hometown matchup there that would, a, a good pairing. Mm-hmm. Would you trade five years of Andrew Wiggins for one year of Kawhi Leonard? Because I would do it instantaneously, and I would put peak Jimmy Butler with peak Kawhi Leonard and in his prime, emerging into his prime, Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think that team beats the Warriors, but that team might win a couple playoff series, and that would be a really fun one-year ride, and then you'd have money clearing off the books, and you could figure it out with Carl Anthony Towns if, if everyone else left. I mean, to take one shot at it and, and really make a meaningful push... I would do it, and you wouldn't have to worry about thirty million dollars a year for five years on Andrew Wiggins if somebody wanted to take the contract. Like, I would make that phone call. I will to the hedge Raptors. on that question by saying, with, with the current structure of this team and considering who is in charge of this team, I would make that trade because this team is built to win now, and this team is built to go as far as possible now. And and the right now with Cat uh, and Butler and and Wiggins is a first round exit. So, in, if this team was built. With an actual eye towards the future, I wouldn't make that trade. But to what Doogie said, and here's the problem. Here's the problem with this entire thing. And this is where where the whole Taylor ownership structure to me starts to break down. It sounds like Glenn is still saying you can't trade this guy. So he's empowered Tibbs to do all of this stuff, yeah. but he's standing in the way. The structure of this entire thing makes no sense. It is weird. It's absolutely maddening. And then Doogie says stuff, and he's I'm, he's a thousand percent right. I'm sure. Like the Wolves don't want to get older, and they want to get younger. But if Dang or any other former Bull becomes available on the open market, they'll sign yeah. that guy probably. This is a very. This goes back to the term I keep using, or the word, dysfunctional. This yeah. is very dysfunctional. I can see it where Los Angeles, the, the Lakers five or six years ago had a really hard decision on Kobe Bryant. He was banged up. He had Achilles tendon surgery, and he's, you know, he's 35, whatever, 34, 35 years old, and they had to decide, all right, what are we doing here? Are we going to give him an extension? And they decided, and, and Jeannie Buss was a big part of this, we're going to give him $50 million over two years, not necessarily because we think he's that kind of a basketball player anymore, but because we're in a transition mode and we just want to keep people watching the product for a while. Mm-hmm. And so then basketball move gets trumped by marketing slash business, right? Correct. And I can see that. I don't, I don't think you should guide your organization in that way because ultimately you put butts in seats by winning a lot of games and being entertaining on the court. And being well run, yes. But if you think that you're not really going to be championship competitive and you can milk a couple more years out of Kobe Bryant and and goose the TV ratings and put people in the arena and have him score 60 points or whatever it was in his final game, all right, whatever. None of that exists with Wiggins. It's not like people are flocking to the arena to see Andrew Wiggins. If anything, people are flocking because Jimmy Butler is here and and because Carl Anthony Towns is its great player. So that's why I'm so confused on the Glenn Taylor front, even going back to last offseason. If it's true that Tom Thibodeau attempted to shop Wiggins last summer before they signed the max contract yeah, to the Bulls, and the owner comes in and says, uh, from, my, from where I sit, from my perspective, that's a non-starter. We, we can't do that. Yep. Well, unless there's some greater business thing or marketing reason Which that overshadows the, the on-the-court decision. Right. It, it, you should never do that. You hire, and we sit here. And obviously, we poke holes in Tom Thibodeau as a as a coach and as a front office guy, and as a just as a demeanor and a personality. But if you've hired him and you've trusted him to run that organization, you shouldn't then come back and say, "Well, but you can't do this." 
And, and I, there's really no business reason and for And the why. reason why Glenn doesn't want to trade this guy is based on one thing. They traded they traded love to Cleveland to get Wiggins, who was the top overall pick in that draft. And Glenn sees the Glenn, I think, sees the potential still there. Instead which, of saying which it is, in, in, but instead of instead of saying, you know what, this this might not work, and and this is the type of deal where I think if you take Andrew Wiggins through the 2018-19 season and it continues to be okay, not great, and he continues to basically play the, the same game. Good luck taking him back to market with that contract again then when the sample size is a season larger and getting much for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe from Toronto, maybe. But this is this is definitely a time and place where if there's ever one where you turn your basketball people loose and you say, all right, I trust you here. And if Tibbs tells me it's not going to work, I don't step in and say, you can't mm-hmm. trade him. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting. If I was going to say that, I'd fire you. If if the Raptors had some sort of interest in that, it would be really fascinating to see not only a run at it for this upcoming year, but then like fifty million dollars coming off the books, and you can do it kind of whatever you want. If 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 Butler and Kawhi decided hey, I'm not going to stick around, uh, I don't. I, I'm interested in it. I would make the phone call, Dave. What kind of questions do you have for us when we come back? Well, we've got a little something about uh, one member of the Minnesota Vikings that I'm seeing could be a bust this year. Hmm. No question about that. And somebody on this show has a very big day they're celebrating today. I have questions regarding that. Okay. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. The decline of moral and ethical integrity. Let's hear it. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Oh, Creed, oh, Creed sneaking back into the show. There. No, oh, what was happening there? What, why? Oh, what was that? Uh, questions. Oh, what was that? That was interesting. Oh. Ooh, that's some bad stuff. Our Creed segment's getting mixed reviews on Twitter. Yeah, well, it should. <laughs> A lot of thumbs down. Some people was, calling it uh, award-winning, and some people have leapt off the... Some Hemp people have called it things we can't repeat on the air. <laughs> Do they not like it because they support Creed, or just because we have the audacity to play Creed? I think the audacity to play Creed and not be talking sports. <laughs> talking sports. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, we're okay. All right, what kind of questions do you have, Dave? Kirk Cousins has stones. 720 of them, as we discovered and discussed earlier. One for each month of his life. That'll take him up to about age 90. He's going to take one out of that big old tube he's got on his front porch every month. Cast it aside to remind himself that ashes to ashes, dust to dust, blah, blah, blah. I want to know from you guys, maybe you'll need a calculator. Maybe you don't. Let's just say you... Were to take your best guess at the exact amount of stones you would need for the rest of your time here on this Vale of Tears. How many stones are you putting in your cylinder, boys? How many are you betting on? <laughs> um, all right. I just did the math on something here. Okay. 33 year old Phil Mackey. The answer is 370 ish. Because when I was 12 years old, we took a family vacation down to New Orleans. It was a big two-week trip. It was me, my mom, my stepdad, and then my mom's sister. So my aunt, her husband, my uncle, and then cousins, six of us, in a big one of those big conversion vans. And we drove from the Twin Cities 
all the way through St. Louis, saw the arch. Wow. Went down to the Waffle House in uh, you know, Mississippi. We even went over to Daytona Beach, and I think we, I think we might have gone up the coast. It was a two-week road trip. It was great. I'll never forget in New Orleans, however, we were walking around the French Quarter, and they have all kinds of street performers, mimes, musicians. Fantastic. Tarot card readers and psychics. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a mistake. Jackson right Square. They're all over. So 12-year-old Phil Mackey, no, just, after, by the way, after, after my loving aunt, who's been married about 100 times, I love her, and she would make the same joke, and, and this psychic got warmed up with my aunt and accurately predicted like that it was her third husband at the time that was standing next to her and like all these things. And so they thought it'd be funny if, if 12-year-old Phil did a reading with the psychic. And I don't remember really anything other than she told me that I was going to die in my mid-60s due to heart failure, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> and I haven't, exactly, and I haven't done a whole lot in my first 33 years to combat that notion. <laughs> Were you eating so. a bacon cheeseburger at the time? <laughs> that's a very solid guess, yeah. But she said, you're, I mean, that's a pretty harsh thing for a street psychic to say to a 12-year-old kid. But she told me I was going to die when I was six, in my mid-60s, like 65 years old. Yep. From heart failure. It's hard to get to 70. That's true. Well, the the average the life expectancy is over 70 for men. So it is, but lots of men go but before that age. Um, so do, do you have a history of heart problems in your family? Because um, if you don't, she's full of it. And not if you do, super you're in aggressive. Trouble. I mean, I have, I have, I've had high cholesterol, but um, but I mean, does your family? I mean, it's, have... it's, it's pretty likely that she's right. But I got another thirty years if that's the case. I'll fine. <laughs> it goes quick. It's better she said that than car accident at the age of twenty two. <laughs> yes. No, but it'd be done you by now. Sat in your he'd house be done an by now. He'd year. either be dead or or he'd still be here, and and then he'd be like, she was wrong. He doesn't know still. Well, I'm just it's saying the anticipation. I'm just saying the entire twenty second year of life, he would have just sat in as you know in his basement. I can't go near a car. It's gonna happen. As as the final destination. Steven Seagal said, "In hard to kill, the anticipation of death is worse than death itself." <laughs> she also said, "I would marry my third love." And I got to say, it's not looking good for me and Deep Dish Pizza to tie the knot at this point. <laughs> well, I could leave we'll about heart failure. <laughs> uh, at the tender age of 48, going on 49 in November, I am keeping uh, one rocket, is it, or stone? One stone per month. One stone per I'm month. keeping one stone because it's just a oh. month-to-month proposition. You no, but one stone know. means that by no, the state fair, we're going to need to fill it. No, but I mean, I'll just put another stone in. Once I'm, done. I'm, not, I'm making no assumptions. You're you going to reach for a cookie August 27th and just topple right over. You see, don't laugh. I'm right in that range. Let's Lots of people audio. my age go. Lots of people my age tend to go. They think I'm in great shape. I'm still, you're not that young. No one thinks you're in great shape. Okay. Well, all I'm trying to tell you is that I got one stone per month. Take nothing for granted. Take it day to day. I'm just like uh, I'm just like a football player, baseball player. Making no, I'm making no assumptions. Just like a football player. I'm making no assumptions about my future. Exactly like month a football player. Month to month, baby. <laughs> so the big lead had a little piece today about <laughs> 10 players with major bust potential for 2018 fantasy football. Really exciting. Uh, I just happened to see, however, the photo that went along with it was a certain running back for your Minnesota Vikings coming off an ACL injury, Dalvin Cook. What? That was their reasoning. ACL, guys don't always come back from it, blah, blah, blah. If you're betting big on Cook, could be a big mistake. 
So I have. Uh, Who doesn't come back questions. from ACLs now? Yeah, just, it's like Tommy John. A lot of guys I feel like come you come back from, back from ACLs. I'm now. with you. All right. Who has a bigger year? Start with this: Dalvin Cook or Latavius Murray? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. That it's easy? Not, it's not going to be that close. I mean, we're we're going to be wrong clearly because like Murray fun. Murray's go, going to uh, go back into the role that he was clearly intended to play in 2017. Dalvin Cook. All right. Who has a bigger year? Let's go to the receivers. Diggs or Thielen? Well, I think I think Diggs, if he's going to play 16 games finally, um, I'm going to say Stefan Diggs. Plus, it might be a contract year for him if he doesn't sign before the season. I think Diggs has more what what we in the biz like to call explosive plays. I think I think Thielen has the better statistical year as far as catches go. Which group is more important to winning, offense or defense, for the Vikings 2018? Defense is more important to actually trying to win games, I think, for this team. Offense, if you want to win big, like Super Bowl big, you can't score seven points in a playoff game. You got to be able to, you got to go on the road and score you can't 20 points. points. Can't, can't allow points. But you got to score points. <laughs> you really have to do both. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it really helps. Oh, my my fear my fear about this team would be that the offense takes a step back. The defense, I think, is going to be absolutely fine, and I think it's really good and, and and remains very good. I would be much more concerned about the offense actually regressing, and I would be concerned about Cousins mm. struggling a bit. I wouldn't, not with pumping pump you up music in the locker room on a regular basis. Yeah, this, come on, man. This is actually my core of concern right here. You, you're not going to make a sacrifice? Are they going to play this at the stadium because he likes this? Well, I hope so. Are they going to play this complete garbage? At U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> well, is, when's the last time you went to a stadium and thought, "Oh, the, I really like the music in this stadium." Vikings games long. Oh, I really like this arena music. Long, long. Let's be- go, Carly Simon. They're playing Carly long Simon. before the Wild and Vikings start th- their games. The music in the buildings is fantastic. It, what, what kind it of music? Grows progressively play? worse, like arena rock. No, 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 no. Uh, l- long before they they start either a Wild or Vikings game, they'll play. Jayhawks, they'll play. They'll play really good stuff. And then, as as you get closer to kickoff or faceoff, that's when they start with the arena rock and stuff. I don't like as much. Get off my lawn. Final question yeah. of the day involves a big day for young intern Max. The fifth anniversary of his first date with lovely girlfriend Taylor, otherwise known as Tay Tay, as okay. he's referred to her back here. Nice. How do you call her Tay Tay? Little Taylor Swift action. It's awful. Just keep in mind as we progress through these next awkward few minutes, Max. Yeah. Judd Zolget is about to give you life and relationship advice that you don't have to take if you well, don't want to. Did you hear that, of yesterday? I gave him off the air advice on Wednesday that was, or Tuesday that was absolutely fantastic. And that advice was? It was genius. I'll tell you later. Yeah, it's very, it's it doesn't very, need to be. Repeated. It doesn't need, yeah, yeah. It's very, it could be. It's very complicated. Well, Dave, Dave there can was decide. There's a lot of steps to it. Dave can decide because he, he's got the play by play. So if you choose to talk about it, that's fine. Perhaps. I'm just trying to keep this in confidence. Let's, let's get Max. to the question first. So, right. fifth year anniversary, or fifth anniversary, you are 21, right? Yep. So, 16 years old is when he started dating Tay Tay. I want to know. From you guys, what do you think they did on their very first date? What do you think they are doing tonight? And if you can remember your very first dates, one-on-one, not in a group setting, but one-on-one with your significant others, what was it? Um, do I, 
Is is this the uh, the expensive restaurant date tonight? Do we already know what you're doing? Or is that a different thing? That's no, tomorrow. No, no. That's Friday. Friday oh, okay, me. so that's entirely different than this. Yes. Where's that going? Uh, what restaurant? Restaurant week, uh, Ocean Air. So we get a oh, deal. We you're, get a good oh, deal. You're cutting a deal? Restaurant week, Jed. I've heard she's got some cash, dude. <laughs> Not sure about wow. restaurant That was quite that. a big laugh. I mean, are you calling her poor? Or are you saying that you're her meal ticket? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'm just saying we're college kids here. We're taking advantage of any right, deal. Let's, let's go to the question here. Okay. Oh, you already asked the question. The question, yes. Okay. The what? questions were: What do you think, <laughs> knowing Max now that you have? I love, for the, a I love months, the squirming nature of this. How do you right think now? he? It's great. You know, I mean, after you know, Taylor, will you go out with me? Well, I would. Hey, Tay, I'm guessing because it was did? 16. Um, I'm going to say your first date was a dance. Was it? Uh, well, it'd be, no, this is, it would be. This is the summer, though. It can't be a dance. So it had to have been like on the lake. Did you guys go out to the lake or something? Little walk around the lake. Is that what your first date was? Uh, it was one of our first, but no, I'm, not the first. First date, I am going cliche movie. Not that either. You See, can't mo- talk. Mo- you can't exactly. talk in a movie. Yeah, which is great. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Judd loves the picture shows. <laughs> yeah, it's a staple. Well, let's go to another movie. Honey. Can't talk. <laughs> we go to movies Harry every night. Sally, all relationship. When Harry met Sally, singles. I saw some classics. Uh, back they got a triple it's feature. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> no, no. Not anymore. But when you start dating, because there's nothing worse than a first date if, if it gets awkward and you have and you don't have so, uh, stuff to talk about. It's great to be at a movie where you don't have to. Talk. I feel like maybe yeah. if you don't have stuff to talk about, then you're probably not compatible enough to spend <laughs> yeah. a long time. Right, together. but you don't know you my, don't know that for the first time, so you just ease into things. Yeah, you just ease in, but just don't make eye contact. The first date is all about avoiding eye contact, looking down. Yep, yep, yep. squirming around. Uh, yep. Did you did you rent out a, an empty hockey arena like Rocky and Adrian back uh, in the in the mid <laughs> mid seventies? I, I didn't. I didn't think on my toes like that. It worked for them. You're 16, really did. Sixteen years old. I have no idea. All right, what did I you do? Guess. What did you do on your first date? I picked her up. We went to Noodles for lunch. At a boy. Keep it simple. Lunch. Just keep it cheap. Spring for dinner. Simple. She also will get mad at you too because sounds like friends. No, lunch. Lunch lowers expectations. Dinner yeah. is too much of a production. Lunch. It was lowers expectations. It was casual. Yep. yep. Are you guys going back to noodles for uh, the celebration tonight? Yes, we are. Yes, you nailed yes. it, yes. boy. Way to Wisconsin go. mac and Love cheese it, before he ditches her for a softball game. And Max, are you, oh, are you a little softball tonight? Yeah, we got softball tonight, so we're gonna go do a little dinner, then go. Go hit the ball around. You know what, Max? Uh, you can also keep that summer beach bod intact. They've got zoodles at Noodles this I summer. Saw right? I saw that. I saw that. Big time. Yep. All right, but seriously, what did you guys do on your first dates? Did you say zoodles? Like first ever dates or dates with the... the... first date with your current significant other. Bon wow. Jovi concert. And she wore my Slippery When Wet t-shirt to look like a diehard Bon Jovi fan. Wow. Yeah, bon Jovi, XL Energy Center, and uh, so this would have been 2012 or 13, I know, 2013. Did you guys there. know each other before this, or was it a setup situation? Um, we had, so we actually met through Twitter. Although she claims that that we met before that, and I don't remember it in like a group setting. <laughs> but so, but my first recollection was like trying to hit on her on Twitter. Great <laughs> <laughs> so, work. <laughs> So uh, it was a Bon Jovi wow. concert. It was wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joe looks wildly uncomfortable <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying. No, I'm trying to think back that far. October of '89. So we met on October 21st of '89. We went out on a date a couple days after. 
Uh, went to Annie's Parlor on campus. Oh, Good lovely. Yeah. Now Great. The, the, but they all, but the, like the, da- the dairy gas that you could accumulate eating one of those uh, those malts. Oh, and if you have to hang were, out after the, oh, the dinner date is though. over. They were so good. So the, the story, though, is she lived in St. Paul. I picked her up. Uh, took her onto campus, and she was she had moved here at some point, probably with in the past six months at that time. So she knew the town a little bit, but not really, really well. Uh, and so Annie's is not great for parking. It's it's tough to park around there. Yeah, the parallel parking, yeah, it can be difficult. Street parking, yeah. and I decided I decided with the caravan when I picked her up. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to park in the McDonald's parking lot. Wow, you got towed. Oh, nope, I didn't get towed. Oh, so. I parked, and she looked around. She goes, are we going to McDonald's? And I said, no, with, we're with, going to with, Annie's. With like a disgusted oh, tone? Oh, yeah. She thought she thought I was parking in the McDonald's lot on campus to go to McDonald's. She's like, are we going to McDonald's? I thought we were going. And I said, no, we're it, not going to McDonald's. It, although, going, would it shock anyone who knows Judd if Judd elected McDonald's as the romantic spot for dinner that night? I imagine Judd's answer being... <laughs> No. I mean, no. I mean, uh, we're going to Burger unless King. Unless you want to. No. Okay. No. No. I No. No. It was absolutely, and I didn't get towed. I didn't get towed. Back then, they they weren't nearly as uh, as um, uh, watchful as they are now. So I didn't get towed. The date went fine. But it, yeah, I parked in, in the McDonald's lot, and she thought that we were going to McDonald's. She was very, very concerned for a couple seconds. Solo what? malts, or did you go halvesies? Two straws, one malt. I don't remember. I'm guessing we both got malts. That food's good there too. It's still there. Oh, it's dynamite! Delicious, yes, dude. What a absolutely bunch delicious. of Don Juans in this studio. Oh no, <laughs> bunch of Don. No Wands. question about Dave, it. Dave, what was your first date? Uh, well, we did a dance in high school, but we didn't really like dating at the time. It was just sort of friend zone thing. Okay, but then again, we actually started daily dating in college. It was a ball game, twins game. So you friend zoned it for a, a while yes. until until college. And she actually in high school dated a very good friend of mine at the time. Yes, Are you guys still friends? A little awkward. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, but I'm sure we'd be good buddies if we no. ran into each so other. So you're not yes. good friends. So you're not anymore. So, so you ruined you're the friendship. Friends, that's yeah. fine. But you, <laughs> you stole you stole his girl, and now you're not good friends. Just admit to it. Not yeah. quite. Because then we, we Dave Harrigan, yeah, friend and I, friend and I actually lived together for a year in college while I was dating her. So, so oh, you backstabbed him completely. It's all awkward. It's super uncomfortable. Captain Harrison, right there. <laughs> Just backstab your body. <laughs> All right, we got to hit a break. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, here's an idea. Go to the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, and check out the vast selection of pre-owned vehicles and great prices. You know, we've talked about this for a long time on this radio show, that that 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today because they're some of the most durable vehicles in the world. And you combine the great service department and facility on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and you get you get a great combination. So uh, right now I'm looking at a 2007 Camry with 144,000 miles on it for just $79.95. And you might think, 140,000 miles? That's kind of a lot, Phil. Well, I can tell you from firsthand experience, uh, I have driven a Toyota double that mileage before in my life. We had a 92 Camry that got up almost to 300,000 miles. So there's a ton of life on those tires. Uh, $79.95. There's a 2011 Toyota for $84.95, just 120,000 miles. Again, $694. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. You've been ratted out, boys. On 1500 
ESPN. Make plans to attend the final 3M championship being held at TPC Twin Cities July 30th through August 1st. Come out for this free Champions Tour event and watch the legends of golf. Plus, catch 1500 ESPN broadcasting from the tournament throughout the weekend. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Oh, man. We're still getting some Creed tweets here still. I'm just going to read through them. We, we, we discovered that Kirk Cousins loves Creed earlier on the show, and there's been articles written about his... He's been tweeting about... He hasn't tweeted about this in a couple of years, but he used to put Creed on in the locker room after yeah. practice. I hope he's no longer For Washington. Yeah. What percentage of the reason why Washington wanted to get rid of him is because he used to put Creed on in the locker room? Like, if you were kind of on the fence about somebody and you realized, I'm, oh, man, their favorite band is Creed. Oh, oh probably God, just. We have to trade him for Alex Smith now. Probably we not more than 20%. <laughs> you really still it's, like Creed? It's 50% for me. It's 2000. It shows poor decision making. Oh, it's near 75 or 80. Yeah. Kirk, <laughs> it really does. 2018. Like, if you, got, if you got to a point and you're interviewing someone for a job. And uh, like if we were interviewing a, a new producer or something, like for you know, Dave really? moved on to the mothership or something. Oh, I thought it was the <laughs> other reason. <laughs> or Dave went home and to his final resting spot. And yeah, you, and you ahead. loved everything about that person, but then at the end you said, "So what uh, kind of music do you kind of music do you dig?" And they said, "Oh man, I am a diehard Nickelback fan." Yeah, that'd be it. It would prevent no, me from no more, to no more questions. Yeah, I'd be like, "Thanks a lot. Have a great day." <laughs> Great job, great job. You're you're going to be really successful somewhere else. Uh, do you have Do you have another? Can, oh, let's let's play this one again. And I want to do the lyrics quiz. How many times have you heard "With Arms Wide Open"? Thousand, right? Because it was on the radio yes. all the time. Okay, so I've got the lyrics pulled up. Here, I've got a minute. Okay, you. It's a Dave Harrigan challenge here. You have to you have to tell us what the lyrics are. I'll pause it as we go. Actually, you know what? The first part of this is really easy. Let's do this one. You ready, Dave? No, but I'll do my best anyway. Okay. Hello, my friend. We meet again. Hello, my friend. We meet you know again. what? Again, I think I'm shooting myself in the foot. He's enunciating easy. in these songs. It <laughs> yeah. might only be higher that he really mushes the first verse to, <laughs> to the point where you can't understand the lyrics. It's bad either way. It really is. Yeah, bad. it's yep. absolute garbage. Kirk Cousins, get a new band. Do us all a favor. Yeah, we should just like we should vote on a new band. It's for a him new. To like. It's a new team. It's a new band. It's new offense. Change your yeah. ways. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye. Soon.